that walk, that walk, that walk. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Well, hello and welcome to Walk and Roll Live. Happy New Year. And also welcome to 2024. This is our first episode of the new year. And I am flying solo today, Eric, a little under the weather. As a matter of fact, uh, I have so much to to tell you. First of all, I want to say that uh, my name is Doug Vincent. I'm uh, the co-host along with Eric Aguilar of Walk and Roll Live. If you've been here before, you know that. And just uh, quickly want to say uh, I'm a polio survivor, crutch user for years, and transitioned into a wheelchair uh, user over the past 20 years. And uh, and I say that, as we've mentioned a few times, but if you're just listening to this episode, kind of want to give you some context. And, and that's why we do that, is to give you context as we talk about the disabled community, uh, where we come from, you know, where we're a part of this community, definitely. So uh, it was a little bit of a journey to get here to this first episode of 2024. I, I had uh, kind of big hopes. I have a, uh, a friend that... Uh, not not close friend but somebody and it'll come out in the story that we tell next week uh i tried to get him on for this week and he's a very accomplished person in the disabled adaptive sports community has quite a history Uh, parts of it uh you will know from the news over the history of the united states so having said that, I'll give you a little more information as we get to the end of the show. He will be here next week. Um, so I, I had reached out to him and he said, yeah, let's talk. He was going to come on this week uh, for this episode to kick off 2024. Uh, but then uh, I, I I didn't get back to him right away. Figured let's get through the holidays, you know, let him enjoy his, his family and friends uh, during Christmas and the new year. So once the new year came, I reached out to him again and didn't uh, get an immediate response. And we were getting closer and closer to really having to nail something down for today. And it uh, got to the point where I didn't want to wait till the last minute and then not have something ready for today. So I I reached out to Eric and, you know, we've uh, talked uh, also on this show about him doing a show on disaster preparedness because he's deeply into that. As a matter of fact, I, I've noticed on social media where he's posted that he's gotten two or three more certificates of online classes that he's taken in that uh, arena of of, disabled, uh, of um, disaster preparedness. So, uh, you know, he's even better uh, prepared to do that. And so uh, I reached out to him last uh, week and said, you know, going to have to maybe have you do a disaster preparedness show. Are you ready? He's like, yeah. So I contacted him a few days later. He's like, well, I, I, I've kind of gotten sick. I've got a cold. And, you know, and it sounded, he did, as soon as he answered, you know, the phone, I could tell he wasn't doing well. So I said, all right, well, we got a couple, three days here. Let's uh, wait and see how you're doing. And so I contacted him uh, probably just a day or two ago. And I said, are you ready, you know, to, to do the show this week? And he's like, no, <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't. Uh, get up off the the mat for the for the count. So um, I said, all right, all right. Uh, well, we'll we'll 
put something together. And so my mind's racing and I'm thinking, what can I do? And uh, we could do another retrospective show, kind of highlight some of our past guests and, you know, maybe take a look back at 2023 and what we've done. Just a bunch of different ideas. And then I started going through my through my contacts and just kind of scrolling through there and say, is there anybody in here that, you know, that I could reach out to that would might be available uh, at last at the last moment, you know, and, and help me out. And I stumbled upon somebody and I think uh, it worked out great. Uh, she's going to be our guest today. We'll talk to her here in just a little bit. Uh, she is a survivor of a TBI and uh, I've known her for years and, you know, I knew she was in a traffic accident and, and had been injured and had went through a lengthy recovery. Uh, but I didn't know all the details of it. So we'll get to learn all of that today and hear her story and, and see how she made that turnaround. Also, um, touching on all those things, I did want to uh, also touch on on 2024. And I was going to talk to Eric, you know, if he had any resolutions. It's that time of year when you... Uh, at least a lot of people will make a new year's resolution and, and try their best to stick to it. You know, we all do. Um, but I, I, I did this years ago and I can't remember now how long ago, maybe 10, maybe even closer to 15 years ago, instead of making a new year's resolution about, you know, getting to the gym or eating better or, you know, all of those things. I, I just, I made a commitment one new year's just to, um, to work on myself, to be a better person, to have more empathy, to reach out to other people, to nurture my friendships, uh, my relationships with my family and do all those things. And I just kind of reaffirm that every year on the new year. So I've done that again. And this is probably the most public way I have ever done it. You know, usually that's a private conversation with myself and I try to adhere to that all year long. And so uh, I, I reaffirm this year to do the same. Uh, so uh, hold my feet to the fire, if you will. All right. Let's see. Anything else that I want to touch upon before we get over to the um, over to the interview with Miss Mary Carter? She was in a car accident, like I said, years ago, survived with some mobility issues and a TBI, and we will uh, traumatic brain injury, and we will we will uh, hear from her. Right after a quick break from our friends at Agar Professional Training, we thank them for everything they did in 2023. They have also uh, pledged their support in 2024, so we're happy to announce that. And also, by the way, um, uh, I'll know more by next week's episode, but we have a meeting, Eric and I, with possibilities uh, this coming week, and we're kind of interested to see what they want to talk about. They've hinted a little bit about maybe some support in 2024. So we'll let you know what that's all about when we talk to you next week here on Walk and Roll Live. All right, stand by. We will be right back with our chat with Mary Carter. Introducing Aguiar Professional Training, where we believe your greatest asset is your team. Investing in their development, knowledge, and happiness is crucial for the success and growth of your business. To reach new heights, you need to hire smart, talented individuals and empower them to work in their areas of strength and passion. At Aguiar Professional Training, we're dedicated to helping your employees become happier, more productive, and fulfilled because when your team thrives, your business thrives. We can help your workplace work better. 
We offer customized workshops and one-on-one coaching to help teams and leaders build trust and have better communication. We also offer strategic planning sessions, among other services. Elevate your team with Ugyar Professional Training. With Walk and Roll Live, I am Doug Vincent, and uh, of course, as I mentioned already, Eric uh, is not here today. Actually, uh, what we were going to do today is uh, do a disaster preparedness program, because Eric uh, is going to do that for us at some point. We've talked about it in the past, and today was going to be the day, but then he got sick. He's under the weather, so he couldn't make it today. So I uh, contacted my friend Mary, and she was so gracious to say she would come on. Uh, you know, it was kind of a, I actually was like scrolling through my, my contacts and like, who can I contact? Who haven't I had on? Who, who would be a, a good guest? And, uh, and when I came across your name, like we have mentioned on this program before, um, even though we, we have friends that may or may not be disabled, it's not something we talk about. You know, I, I kind of vaguely know from years ago, we, we've known each other what do you think? 10 years, 15 years, something like that. Um, let's see. My daughter was probably seven. Mm-hmm. She's 25 now. So what is that? 12 years? Wow. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, and I, years ago, I think we may have talked about it a little bit. So I vaguely kind of have a, a sense of, of what your disability is, but we'll talk about it today. But like I, I like to do with all of our guests, we kind of start by getting to know, you know, who you are and, where you're from, we usually start with. So, you know, where where did Mary, where were you born? And tell us a little bit about your family. Um, I was born in Riverside, California. My mother, she is from um, Paducah, Kentucky. And my father was born in Rome, Georgia. Okay. So I have, you know, like a little bit of um, Southern, I have Southern roots in, in my family. But the only thing Southern about me is I was born in Southern California. Yeah. So your, your folks got together in those, from those two different sports states. How, how did they come to be in Riverside? They, um, well, I, I think that they met up in Norco or Corona. And I just happened to be born at Riverside general. Yeah. But you don't know why they had been, why they came from, where they were from um, my 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 uh, dad's family um they they had a bunch of kids and they moved um they moved from Georgia out here to California because of uh, it being a welfare state and the more opportunity gotcha and they had 14 14 kids oh okay yeah yeah well, it's always interesting because you know, like my folks, my on my dad's side, they're from like Kansas and Arkansas, and they came out here, I believe, probably around World War II when my dad and my uncles got in the service, and they were stationed. I know my dad was in Hawaii for a while, but I think maybe boot camp or whatever they were here in California. So I think that's when my grandparents moved out here because they were out here, so they moved out here. So it's, it's always kind of interesting to see how, you know, life takes you in those different directions. Yeah. Of many different reasons. I think my grandparents, um, I, I don't know if it was like right at, right during the depression or 
right at the tail end of the depression or what, mm-hmm. when they moved out here. I know my grandfather was older than my grandma. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly too sure. Um, well, we're not going to fact check you. So it's yeah. all right. <laughs> Please don't. Just, like, I'm yeah. not sure. Mostly just to get a sense of who you are. So you, so you were raised and, and lived in Riverside your whole life. Have you at any point like moved away and come back or. Um, yes. I, well, I lived in Norco. No, I lived in Corona, then Norco, then Riverside in the Glen Avon area, which is in the County. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I'm, I'm up in Riverside in the city. Now I did live, um, in Durango, Colorado for oh, okay. a summer. And then I came back because um, Riverside is like a boomerang, you know, and okay. you can leave, you <laughs> yeah. can leave, but you'll always come back. Yeah. So you were in Durango for a summer, so you didn't get to enjoy the Colorado winter, huh? No, yeah. no, there was, I didn't even really, there didn't rain that much either that summer. So, yeah. So you went to school in Riverside? Yeah, I went to, um, yeah, I went to Harupa Valley. Well, yeah, Harupa Valley for high school, um, Riverside Community College. I think if they call it City College now. And then I went to Cal State San Bernardino. And then I went to the University of Redlands um, for my teaching credential. So yeah, I've just kind of gone here and there where I wherever I can. What were your interests when you were growing up? Is that what you wanted to do all along? Be a teacher? Absolutely not. Not no. <laughs> what were your What were your thoughts back then when you were younger, high school age? I wanted, I want, I wanted to. Well, I wanted a party, but I wanted to. <laughs> I I want. I was like a little rebel. But I also I wanted to study politics. Oh, okay. Because you know, like it's it it's crap. It's all just I don't yeah. know. I just figured if I if I learned about politics, I'd understand what's going on a little bit more because it's all shady. And I, you know, maybe I could fix something. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I that's, you are you know, a dreamer. I, so the yeah, the more you I, learn, I, you I, probably the more you learn, you figured out that there's really nothing you could do about it right <laughs> well as the years go on even out of out of um out of college yeah i'm like the only thing i can do is be a teacher and start you know like influence the, the next generation but even then it there's too many teachers out there who are uh, influencing the next generation besides me yeah, I might be trying to do it, do it for the good, but not everybody is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an uphill battle, right? Yeah. So, you know, the reason we have you on the show is because the show is all about the disabled community. And and at some point you found your like, this is the part that I'm kind of vague on, and, you know, and, uh, until I'm doing this show and and want to share people's stories so that we can help other people that may be new to this journey, that kind of thing um, okay. that, that we want to even get into it. But so at some point your what age when you have your event that caused your disability? I was 20. My car accident that I was in, 
<clears throat> I was hit by a drunk driver on my way home. Oh. Um, <laughs> my daughter was at home. Oh, no, no, she was at daycare. I left her at daycare and I was just running home real quick. And then I was going to pick her up after um, I was done. And uh, I was, yeah, I was a block from my house and the drunk driver decided not to stop at a stop sign and he plowed right into me. Is this, <laughs> is this daylight or is it dark? Oh, no, it was like um, 4.30 in the afternoon. Or, yeah, yeah, wow. <clears throat> and uh, the, the, the worst part of it, well, not the worst part of it, not even close to being the worst part of it. The he didn't even have a driver's license, and um, he was he was in a family owned um work work van. Um, it was his his uh, brother in law's work van. It was to clean carpets, so it was a big industrial van. Oh, okay. And uh, his uncle, or not his uncle, but his brother in law, the his brother in law was a. Uh, sheriff of uh, the city of industry and he's like i know you just got out of jail i know you have a drinking problem and i know you need to go make money so take the keys to my vehicle and go make money the, his and sheriff I, uncle said this to him it was his brother-in-law 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 yeah, yeah brother-in-law yeah pretty much how did how did you find this out uh my mother while I was in a coma, uh, my mother went out and she got um, attorneys to, to sue. Yeah. Uh, so they have investigators. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's circle back around. Um, right. So how, do you remember? Like the accident itself? No. Not really. No. Just. No. Um. The great great thing about your brain mm -hmm. is when something traumatic like that happens it shuts off and you don't have to remember that pain yeah yeah so i don't i don't really remember it i mean i think i do like little vaguely but i don't it it's pro possibly just stuff that my mind is made up i mean it's probably it's in there it's in my mind somewhere yeah yeah but it's 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 nothing that I can you know concrete pull out of my memory bank and you know remember the whole thing because I don't. That's, that's I don't the other know. kind of fascinating thing about the brain yeah. is, is it will fill that void with with memories and create whether whether you've had a TBI or not you know. Yeah. So the the coma was from the accident or was it medically induced to help no, you? No, the coma was from the accident. Okay. I had actually, um, from what I understand, I um, I was in a little 86 Ford Mustang, and um, that van, it came and it, it plowed into my driver's side, oh. and um, it shoved my car up into a, um, a nursery, like a plant um, area, um, and um, it, it got the... It got tangled into the metal of my car. You know, the two metals of the cars tangled up together. From what, from what I've been told, but then I've been told other things too. So, um, anyways, they, that person tried to get away, couldn't, and um, 
So, um, I had to be cut out of my car with the jaws of life because, like, you know, my brother, my stepbrother, happened to be a couple cars behind me, so he saw the accident. I mean, and um, you know, he every, people called nine one one right away. Um, that must have been horrific for him. Yeah, I'm assuming so. His yeah. his girlfriend is um, she was in the car with him. And she took the car and went up to my house and got everybody, my parents, my my uh, little girl's dad, and whoever else was home. Um, all went down there. I think it was just my parents and my little girl's dad and them. Um, but yeah, that I I get sad sometimes thinking about how hor- horrific it was for them. I'm like, I'm so sorry I put you all through that. Yeah, but it wasn't my fault. Yeah. Yeah, I had to get um, cut out of my car with the jaws of life. My windshield was busted. I have pictures of my car and it, and like that the uh, passenger seat is just crushed. It's, it's like leaning into the driver's side. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. So you look uh, at that and do you wonder like how did I survive? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I. I it was through prayer. Yeah. I'm like, I had a feeling something was going to happen. And, you know, I, I had just had a, had a baby. She was still young. And you know, that women's intuition, mm-hmm. that women's intuition, it was really kicking in. And I was praying about it. You know, God, let whatever's going to happen to me, let me live. So I can take care of my child. Um, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up in a hospital. Yeah. Thinking that I'm I I'm literally I I uh, was bleed I was like I'm like I wake up and I'm in a hospital. I'm like, why am I dreaming that I'm in a hospital? And I start blinking my eyes really fast, trying to wake myself up. <laughs> right. And I won't wake up. And then my mom comes into the the hospital room. And she's got my little baby girl and she puts her on my bed. And my mom's like, Mary, do you know who this is? And I'm like, yeah, that's my daughter, Aurora. And because like at the time when my, my, my little girl, when she hit, got on my bed, she started crawling to my feet. Like she was scared of me. But as soon as I called her name, as soon as I said her name, she turned around and she went, came right back up to me. And, and so was, you, was, you, um, you had a TBI, traumatic brain injury, right? Yes, yes. So was Aurora afraid because were you? I didn't in- remember her. But were your injuries such that you maybe looked different than you normally do? Or do you know why no, she was not, afraid? Not, I mean, not terrible. I didn't, well, I didn't look terrible. I don't yeah, know. But, yeah. she, but I... I was in a deep coma for two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. That, that, I wanted to ask that. So, so yeah. when, when your mother came in and you were awake, is that, so that's the first time she'd seen you awake in two weeks. Yeah. Mm, um, no, because I had already been awake for an, an, an additional week or two oh, okay. for another, I had been awake for additional two weeks. Gotcha. I don't remember that time. Gotcha. So I was in a deep coma. I was awake. I don't remember that time. So I for people the- around you, 
you appeared to be awake and, and you were interacting with them, but you yeah. have no memory of that. Until, exactly. So you're talking like a month after, if my yeah, math is right, after, yeah. the, after, after the accident, where your first memory was. Yeah, I, did, I, I was in the hospital for a whole yeah, like, month yeah. and a half, wow. and I only remember the last two weeks that I was in there. Yeah. So, so what happens in that two weeks that you're you're there and now you you remember? Like I'm conscious, like I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and and are, what are the conversations with the doctor? What are they? Are they giving you? A diagnosis? Are they giving you an idea no, of no. what your future might be? They're not getting into any of that. No, because they'd already given the, that all, all that information to my mom or to me oh. or whatever. So I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and um, and I didn't tell anyone that I had just woke up because I, I did. I was like, I was still trying to wake myself up <laughs> for like, I was still trying to wake myself up for like two or three days. Yeah. And then, like, one day I was like, this isn't working. I just need to give up. I need to accept reality and just keep living. Wow. So right. let me go back to that. You, you say you, you have a conscious memory of trying to wake yourself up yes. for two or three days before oh, well, you were awake. Not before, but when I woke up the, the day that my mom brought my daughter into the mm -hmm. hospital mm -hmm. um, is the day that I... I woke up and like, I was, I knew what was going on. Gotcha. That was the point when I actually came out of my coma. Okay. Anything that I did before then, when I was awake, no recollection, I don't remember any of yeah. it. So how was it going yeah. forward from there? Was it still, are, were you in and out? Was it kind of still foggy or? No, I, I mean, I, it wasn't foggy or anything. It was just yeah. like. So I once was, you woke up, you're going forward and you. Yeah. And still I'm you have serious. memories. So I mean, what, after I try to wake myself up for a couple of days, yeah. and then I was yeah. like, I'll forget it. I just need to keep, I just need to keep going. <laughs> so the if, the, if the doctors had already told your mom and they didn't tell you. So in that last couple of weeks that you're there, you're just, they're just making sure that your wounds are healed enough to where they can discharge you. I didn't really have any wounds. Really? Yeah. So let me ask. I mean, you. I had a couple like little scratches here and there, but that was it. Okay. I mean, everything that I sustained was the TBI. Yeah. So, and, so I I know you you kind of walk with a, a bit of a limp. So that wasn't from physical injuries. That's from the the injuries to your brain. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Because I was I I was um. I was paralyzed on the whole right side of my body. Mm -hmm. My TBI was on my right side of my brain, which um, should have affected my left side. Yeah, yeah. But it, it affected my right side. Um, my do brain, they have any idea why? No. No. <laughs> no. Um, when I when I was hit, the impact on my my passenger side. Caused me to, um, I mean, I didn't hit my head on the window that I know of, but it caused me to like jerk and my mm -hmm. little brain, because you do have some like liquid in there. Right. It shifted 
and it, you know, went back in place. I mean, I had bleeding on my brain as far as I know from what I've been told, but that shift is what caused the inside your skull. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So So then, right. So then you, you go home and then there's physical therapy. They start you on that. Yeah. Yes. But no, I don't think it was right away. I think it was, it, it was maybe like a day or two before we got, my mom got it all going. Um, because of my age, I was able to get, um, cause I was under 21. So I was able to get physical therapy and, um, I had to do physical therapy, um, occupational therapy and, and speech therapy. Cause when okay. I first woke up, I couldn't talk. Okay. Um, I guess the, when they shut the life support down my throat, they scratched my esophagus. And so I had to have speech therapy on top of everything else. So, but anyways, because I was under 21, I was able to get physical therapy, you know, for free, basically, through the local school district. Oh, okay. Or, no, it wasn't local. It wasn't local to me, but it was one of the school districts in Riverside, which I happen to work at now um, as a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I. I, my mom had to drive me down to the school district to whatever building it was in um, to get, you know, they did it all there, the physical, the occupational and the speech therapy. And that lasted until I turned 21, which um, it was February, March, it was like two months. And then my mom started, had to like start um, using whatever Medi-Cal would give me for physical therapy, you know, the California state uh, insurance. And that didn't last, you know, that didn't even, that didn't even last a year. That lasted a few months maybe, but I, I sped through, through physical therapy and everything. Like it took me, um, it took me, I, for a while I had in-home, uh, in-home like support or physical therapy and, all that stuff, they would come to my home. And then I'd have to eventually, um, that a uh, couple months into that, it, uh, that was done. And then a couple more months, my mom had to drive me to different places to get, you know, um, each one done, like probably, you know, separate uh, buildings to get the occupational, the physical, and the speech therapy. And the speech therapy went, you know, that didn't last very long because I, you know, I was talking fine. It just. So you recovered from that fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, I still feel a little bit scratchy sometimes, but whatever. I'm I'm over it. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sounds like you're doing fine to me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so how did you have to like learn to walk again? I did. They, um, I had a, I was in a wheelchair for a little bit and then I was, they, they graduated me to a walker, which I didn't use. And no. And then, <laughs> and then they uh, had me using a quad cane, the canes with the four prongs at the bottom. Right. And then they graduated me to a regular cane. And then my physical therapy, Medi-Cal stopped paying for 
So the, the next step that they were going to do was graduate me to like walking free, walking without nothing. And physical therapy, the insurance, stopped, you know, medical stopped covering it. So I decided, like, I was just like, I was still using the cane. And I'm like, this is just nuts. And um, it, it, I needed some support because I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I needed some support of something. But one day I decided, you know, what, I, what nature, I, what nature of support are you talking about? You mean like the, with a cane? Oh, oh okay. Like, so I needed that for a while. Still need some assistance walking. Okay. I got yeah. You. But that, that maybe lasted a month before I decided that I didn't need it anymore. Yeah. So then you and felt strong really. enough. You could walk on your own. Yeah. 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 Um, before I, before I was able to walk, this mm -hmm. is a great story. Um, <laughs> well, my mother, um, before I was able to walk or do anything, and I was at, I was just freshly at home, mm -hmm. out of the hospital. My mother would put me on the couch, and I had two little nephews that were probably in elementary school, and I would have to watch things like I don't know, Paw, Paw Patrol, <laughs> and whatever with with them because I couldn't get up and move, and I couldn't go. I couldn't, you know, my mom didn't take me to her room to watch TV because there was a step in her room, um, like a step down. So it was just not safe for me to go in that room. Yeah. And so she would just leave me out in the living room and I'd just have to, you know, watch whatever the kids were watching. And it really sucked. It really, really sucked. And one day, I, I mean, I complained about it. And one day I, I, uh, I, I, got emotional I cried and I asked my mom um you know am I going to be like this forever you know am I always going to be paralyzed and she was like no honey this is just temporary it, you know your physical therapy and all that stuff um you're going to be able to walk again it just I don't know how long it's going to take but you got to build up your strength and um and she gave me some ideas, like pushing myself off, up off the couch to, as you know, get strength in my legs again, or both legs. I mean, I had strength in the left leg, but not the right leg. And to get away from so, these stupid cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of your motivation. So, yeah. And so um, my parents, I think the kids weren't home or I was, I think I was watching TV, whatever. I was by myself. Mm -hmm. No one else was there. And my parents come up to me and they're like, Mary. Are you going to be okay here by yourself? We're, we have to go to the grocery store and we'll be right back. And they didn't take them long, but like my two parents, they went to the grocery store. They must have tag teamed in the grocery store. They got everything they needed. They came home, not even a half an hour. And there's a lot of groceries when you can afford groceries. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, they had a lot of groceries. So um, they come back and there's like a partition. I can't see what my mom's putting away and what she's taking out of bags. And I'm like, hey, what'd you bring me? What'd you get me? And they're all my stepdad. He thought he was funny. And he's like, well, why don't you get up and come and see? <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, okay, like you do dare me. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so I got up, I pushed myself up. And this was the first time that I walked on my own. Without assistance of a cane or without anything. anything, just just me. It was just me. Yeah. And I I started walking. And How long was this after you came home? Oh gosh, I really wish I knew. Yeah. Because that the time frame during that time is all like this. I had no concept of time. Sure. So it's all blurry. It was just like I just did I just live one day after another and I don't know. I didn't have a calendar or anything in front of me. Didn't mm-hmm. have a watch. One day looks like the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Every every day looks the same. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe a month. Okay. And if if that and um so I'm walking and my stepdad. He's just watching me like a hawk. My mother, she looks like she's about ready to cry because she's seeing her baby walk yeah, for the first yeah. time. Mm. And uh, so my my step, I, I we they've got some bar stools, like really tall bar stools in the kitchen. And I decide that I'm I'm smart, I, you know, and I'm I can do this. I try to pull myself up on that bar <laughs> on one of those bar stools. It, I took it down with me. Oh. My step, my stepfather, he's watching me. As I hear the the bar stool, the aluminum bar stool hit the ground, like ding. I'm I'm expecting to hit the ground next. I never do. Oh, you he, stayed standing. He grabbed. Oh, me he grabbed I, you. <laughs> he grabbed me as I was falling and kept me from hitting the ground. But yeah, so that and was. Then, that then was, you were just off and. And running, as they yeah. say. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I still can't run. I'm going to run really, really lame. Yeah, I mean, I meant figuratively. <laughs> yeah, figuratively. Like, I look like I look really lame when I run. So I make, I try to do it even funnier. <laughs> like, just kind of scoot along. Or like, I don't know. It just looks, it looks ridiculous. But I try once in a while. So. I, I want to kind of go back just a little bit. It sounds like, I mean, just from you telling it now that emotionally you, you got through that fairly well. You said you had one moment where you broke down. Was that, yeah. was, was it more than that? No, it was only one moment. Really? So that one, you, the one, that one day. Yeah. And like, I knew, you know, like, my prayers were going to be answered. Yeah. I just didn't know how, you know, I didn't know to what extent. Um, and I just lived every day and it did what I needed to, to get through. And, you know, my mom was taking me to, to my therapies, driving me around. Um, Oh gosh. Eventually, um, I, my daughter was still, a baby she's still using a diaper and so like one of my tasks was to learn how to change a diaper again so that i mean like it, it was like it seemed like my parents like i was i was recovering really really fast mm-hmm. so it seemed like they were pushing me to like do things faster and so i'll next thing you know i'm changing dirty diapers and stuff all over again <laughs> and uh and then uh, i eventually um, 
got enrolled back in, in college because I was, I had already taken some, a course and I wound up having to, my parents, uh, my sister, I think, uh, my older sister, she had to go down and uh, get me do it, whatever she did to um, get, um, oh, what is it called? It's um, get it to where I could just like retake the class or take the final later complete okay. uh, like a, a, a later completion date for then and um so she made that request and whatnot for me and um she or my mom did it's probably them both and um so i i went back to college i went through the disabled student services at rcc and i i, I made a good friend lloyd broyles he has passed on now since uh, he passed on last year, but he helped encourage me. I mean, he was in a wheelchair. He had been um, he had been in Vietnam and all that stuff. But when he came home, he um, was doing rodeos, and he had an accident uh-huh. uh, at a, in a rodeo, and it crushed his spine or something like that. So he was forever in a wheelchair. Um, so. But he just encouraged me to keep going. I mean, like, he he went through college, you know, got enough, you know, to be be a counselor for the disabled students. And that's that's you know, uh, that. interestingly enough. It's a. I was just thinking about this just in the last few days. That's a topic I'd like to cover here on Walk and Roll Live. Is uh, is student service, disabled student services? Yeah. RCC. I know Valley College in uh, San Bernardino has a a great program there too. So I have to reach out to somebody and have that program because I, I know it uh, does great things for those who need it. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. So as so, far as your TBI, was there, was it mostly learning those kinds of skills? Do you, how about cognitively? Did, did you ever feel like you had to work on kind of making those connections again? I had, I had to work on everything. Yeah. Yeah. When I went, when I went back to college, um, I took a, an assessment test to see where I was at mm-hmm. and I had to go back to the basics. I had to literally go back to like classes that are offered to, um, students who are just learning English and students who are just learning math. You know, like the like basics. I mean, I'm not you know adding or subtracting, but like just basics. That's just, pretty close to it, huh? Yeah. So I had to like work my way. I mean, it took me a long time to get through everything. Uh, took me because I had to start you know from scratch. Uh, took me four years. Were at a community college where it should take normal people too, because yeah. I was having I was taking just like. One course here, one course there. I'd fail a course, have to retake it. And but I just I I kept going and I had my friend Lloyd. Um, he was, you know, he's like, Well, why don't I just enroll you in a com- in the computer course? That way you, you can learn how to use, you know, the adaptive computer and um you know, that way you'll, it'll be easier for you and, and you could stay in class and you can stay in, enrolled, stay with our services. And he'd enroll me in like um, a PE class 
you know, just to keep me in there, keep me yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really, I was really grateful that he did that. I, I mean, I probably would have just kept going, but I probably would have at the same time taken some more time off. So I nice to have that support me. though. You know, we yeah, all need that support. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate you sharing all that because, you know, if there's anybody that hears this and is going through a similar, you know, journey, you know, then they, they know that you just, you stay at it and there is a positive outcome that's available if they don't give up. Yeah. I mean, and just, you know, find your niche, yeah. find and just keep going and you're going to work yourself. You're going to work up a ladder. I mean, I've, I started at RCC taking basic classes, you know, I will work myself up to going to Cal State San Bernardino, I got a, um, well, I have a, um, from RCC, I have an associate of science in natural science. And then uh, at Cal State San Bernardino, I, um, I have a bachelor's degree in political science and I have a certificate in international relations. And then because the, um, the economy crashed or the, we had the housing bubble when I graduated and there was no jobs anywhere. Um, I decided to try to be a substitute teacher, which was easy because they were looking for substitute teachers. Uh-huh. So I got into that right away. And I mean, I had to do more testing for that, but I still got into it. And then I realized I liked it and it was something that I could do because the thing with the te- with teaching, if you can't, you know, you can teach. You can't do something well. You go and you be a teacher. Teacher. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, so I, so I, when you went to college, that 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 wasn't the goal to be a teacher. No, it wasn't. But it's just no. kind of circumstances of life and the economy. You know, it was yeah. something that you could you could make a career in. And so yeah, yeah it was my it there. was my niche when I when I okay. found that I like teaching. That's when I decided to try to go to Cal. Um, the University of Redlands and go ahead and get my teaching credential, which um, the job market, they say that there's, you know, need for teachers. Not really, not, not in my subject area. And then uh, my subject area is social science. So it's like history and government and, you know, things like that. And, and what age a- are you teaching? Um, it would, my credential is for secondary school. So junior high and high school. But as a substitute teacher, I'm I teach all the classes and I teach um I teach a lot of um special education classes and I'm really good at with special education classes. Oh, it's actually a special education class that made me decide to go out for my teaching credential. Um I was working with the kids and um they had learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. But uh we were reading the grapes of wrath and um, they later on had a district test for it. And their teacher was asking me what I did because they scored the highest out of the whole district on that test. And I'm like, I can do this. You know, like I might as well just go out and get my teaching credential. Yeah. Yeah. So why are, are you, do you like being a substitute teacher or someday would you like to have full class or do you like the variety of being a substitute teacher? 
I like the variety of being a substitute teacher. I, 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 I think I want to go back and get my general education so I can teach elementary as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if I'm going to do that yet. Um, yeah, I do like the variety and I like yeah. being able to meet different kids needs. And I, I like to learn what different types of students need. Um, I mean, cause there's, I've, there's a lot of students who are in just general education that need that extra support. And I, I recognize it, Yeah, you know? So. Well, I imagine with them too, you have a lot of credibility. Do you share what sometimes, you've been through? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Um, I, it just depends on the student mm-hmm. and what their, their um, need is that I'll share um, what I've been through with, with them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm like, if they're, if they're having a hard time doing something, you know, I'm like, listen, this is what I went through. Yeah, I was paralyzed. I couldn't do this and that, blah, blah, blah. I had to learn everything all over again. I'm like, I know you can do this. And then I, I, you know, I, I, um, I break it down because like, because of all the therapy and stuff that I, I went through, I learned different techniques of how to teach somebody something. Yeah. So I try to, you know, incorporate those techniques with, you know, teaching. So that helps. It's kind of like I have a, a little cheat, <laughs> a little cheat. <laughs> yeah. Cheat yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's times when you think it's all part of God's plan. Yeah. 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 That is awesome. Well, yeah, I definitely didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> and we don't, we don't want to keep you all day, but I do want to say thank you for coming on. And, you know, I think, you know, sometimes it could be difficult reliving some of the memories and sharing, you know, the story, but we appreciate you taking the time and hopefully you've, you've touched some people in positive ways by, by sharing what you've been through. Is there any final maybe thoughts or advice you could give anybody you know listening what? to this? Just keep going. Find your niche, you know, yeah, just keep going. What Take one day at a time. I, there's nothing you can change. Just keep going. Mary Carter on Walk and Roll Live. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just got to hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Well, that worked out great. You know, uh, it just I was scrambling. I was nervous whether we were going to be able to get somebody for this week's uh, uh, program Especially after I had such high hopes with getting uh, the guest that I'm going to tell you about here in a little bit this week. Um, so it really worked out well. I, I think she um, had a great story to tell, very inspirational. And, uh, you know, that's what we try to do here is give people hope through uh, the experience of other people. You know, it's like a, a group therapy, I guess, you know. So uh, I do want to tell you uh, that we have resources for you 
on our resource page. I always like to make that point. You know, if you're looking for resources pertaining to your disability or someone uh, someone you love, we have resource page on our website, walkandrolllive.com. And if you don't find resources there for what you're looking for, maybe we haven't thought about it, please reach out to us, uh, send us an email, go to the webpage. There's a contact form there that you can let us know and we'll track some um, uh, some resources down and put them on the page so that you can utilize those. All right. So next week I will reveal who we're going to talk to. Um, and it is a, a fellow named Carlos Molita. Uh, his roots trace back to Sao Paulo, Brazil. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right. At 18, he opted for a daring path, embracing the thrill of adventure in the United States by enlisting in the Navy. Now, of course, he had to become a citizen, and he went through that whole process. Uh, Through relentless dedication and swift learning, he secured a prestigious role as a Navy SEAL. And in a subsequent chapter, he confronted the crucible of combat during a fierce firefight in Panama amidst the chaos His unit endured significant casualties. Nine out of the 10 men were wounded with four succumbing to their injuries. Carlos was struck near the spine and leg, resulting in a permanent loss of sensation in his lower body. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. We'll get the whole story next week here on Walk and Roll Live. Uh, On behalf of my friend, Eric, hopefully he gets better soon and he will be with us next week. In the meantime... Uh, you know, wherever you're listening to this, you know you can find it here. You can find it on all places where there are podcasts and all things. And I haven't talked about this a whole lot, but uh, we have a YouTube channel as well and a YouTube page, and they go up there. And even though we haven't really mentioned it a whole lot, there's already quite a bit of uh views on there's just a slide that goes mostly it's just a version of this exactly except for there's a slide there so it it does become a video but actually you can just listen to it like you do here and and there have been a lot of people that are listening to it there even though we haven't talked about it a whole lot but uh look for it on youtube at walk and roll live uh, that is the uh, search that you would look for all right All right, that's a wrap for this week. Thank you. I am Doug Benson. Once again, Happy New Year, and we will see you soon. Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at facebook.com slash walkandrolllive. You can email us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. Thank you.